Welcome to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. So close to the Raiders. And Papali would be an appropriate man to score. He's done it. He's done it. Brought to you by OAC Digital. Come join us as we go behind the limelight. Hello and welcome to Behind the Limelight, the official Raiders podcast, thanks to OAC Digital. Preliminary final week sees the Raiders up against the Melbourne Storm as they make the trip to Suncorp Stadium up there in Queensland. We'll preview that match and we'll also take a look at the Raiders' epic semi-final win over the Roosters last weekend. Joining me for the podcast this week is one of our regular members, John Croyder. Good afternoon, John. Hey, Ben. But Tom Logan, he's gone into the bubble. We've sent him in to look, uh, to look after things on the inside for the last few weeks. So joining us for the second time this year uh, is Raiders uh, Head of Community Engagement, everything. She does a lot. Sarah Williams. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Ben. Hi, John. Great to have you on board, guys. Uh, wow, how good is it? Exciting times. Uh, preliminary final week, John, and um, we head in uh, with plenty of confidence after that game on the weekend. Yeah, exactly. feel like an experienced pro now, like two years in a row, uh, been in the prelims. Um, it's just absolutely unreal just seeing how, how far the team's developed since that prelims in 2016. Um, Jared Croker was speaking to the media this week just about how the team's developed, the personnel have changed. Like A lot of those guys are now 100 club, even 200 um, game players for the club, so... Um, it's just been a great rise and it's uh, great to see it. It sure is. We're going to talk, talk about that win against the Roosters. We'll preview the Storm game. We're also going to have a chat with uh, the Head of Community and Fan Engagement, Taylor Shields, who's going to walk us through memberships which are on sale this week for 2021. And we're going to catch up with Sammy Valame, the Fijian flyer, in his first season with the Green Machine. But first of all, it's time to go around the horn. Plenty of news after a big prelim final uh, week. We're going to kick it off, Sarah, with a bit of a discussion around the support that we had up there um, at the SCG on Friday night. How good was it to see that sea of green and uh, Mal Meninga leading the Viking clap? Yeah, it was quite amazing. Um, going up to Sydney um, for those games, it's really important that we have the support of the Green Machine up there and they never seem to disappoint us. I was lucky enough to be at the grand final last year and see that sea of green, so... It was nice to see that again on the weekend. And John, uh, you were there with myself, uh, sitting up there in the media box on uh, Friday night. Nervous end to that game, but uh, just on the crowd though, it was great to see that they really stuck with the team and got behind them right through to that um, 80th minute. Oh, the crowd was crucial. If It actually felt like a Raiders home game, just because our support was just so vocal and so passionate. And um, that little pocket that was kind of just sitting to um, the left of where, from my view... Um, they were just outstanding. Like Mal, he might be employed by the Titans. Mm-hmm. He's Raiders. Um, he, he, Titans I, pay the bills, but he's, he bleeds green. Oh, 100%. And it was just great to see him get the crowd ready for um, as the team are running out. Um, but, yeah, and then just the Viking clap post-game. That is one of my favourite things just to experience, is just to see our um, players and fans connect. And that's one thing I think we – our players do really well. I don't like a lot of clubs have good connections with fans and players, but it's something special for for, um, for the Raiders. We pulled the numbers yesterday. I think we have eleven hundred and ninety-seven members that are based in Queensland, Sarah, and uh, no doubt a lot of them will try and get to Suncorp now on Friday night um, and fly the flag for the Green Machine because it's important that we have that same sort of support up there. Yeah, we're really lucky that we have a strong base in Queensland. I think that comes from perhaps all the successful players that have come from those areas and 
We're also lucky enough to have two licensed clubs there in Queensland as well, so we're hoping um, they can get their members behind it as well. Yeah, we do have a very strong connection to the Queensland community, there's no doubt about that. It goes right back to those Mal Meninga, Gary Belcher days in the, in the mid-80s and it flows right through now to the likes of uh, Josh Papali and, of course, Dinamis Louie, who John will be pushing for origin again this week. Yeah, exactly. He's um, putting his name in the frame. I, um, I did put the question out to uh, Gus Gould on uh, Twitter to see what his thoughts were. He can do a job. That was the reply. That was so, the reply from so Gus. So Gus approves. Positive. <laughs> everyone, everyone here Get approves. On Hashtag NAMI, NAMI for Origin. There it is there. Memberships on sale this week, as I mentioned. We'll be catching up with the Head of Community Fan Engagement, Taylor Shields, a little bit later in the program today. But Sarah, after what was a really tough year, um, you in your role saw a lot of people active in the membership space in regards to um, you know, supporting the Raiders Foundation, um, which was wonderful. And we encourage, obviously, everyone to stick with the team for next year. Yeah, we saw uh, over 700 members donate the uh, balance of their memberships from this year to the Raiders Foundation. So rest assured those monies will be spent next year on some amazing community programs we have in the works. Um, and we look forward to bringing those to everyone in the coming weeks. Yep, can't wait to see what memberships have to offer. As I mentioned, we'll talk to Taylor a little bit later. But now it's time to have a look at that game on Friday night, the win against the Roosters. 22 points to 18, John, and there's no doubt that the start was crucial for the Green Machine. And uh, it all kicked off with uh, three tries in the first half, 16-0 lead and uh, a really strong through the middle. And that's what we said we had to be going into that game, and it all started with Josh Papali crashing over. Yeah, he just looks like he was from another planet. Like, they are quality middles to the Roosters, but it looked like, you know, a guy who was... You know, when you're watching junior footy sometimes, there's that guy that's just, like, just had his growth spurt a bit earlier than everyone else, and he's just tearing through them, and, like, everyone's trying to just jump on his back, and they can't get hold of him. That's what it looked like with Papa the whole game. He's getting offloads at will, but that early try... And as soon as he went over for that early try, I don't know, it just, it just lifted the confidence and um, it just made that um, uh, preliminary finals just so tangible just after those early tries. But my favourite was that second try um, when uh, Papa got that offload, Batty um, passed to Chance and then Chance ran through the line before it went through the hands through Rapper and then George Williams under the post. Like That was outstanding to watch. I think the, the best thing I liked about that try was that when uh, John Bateman did put Chance into that gap, straight away there was two support players. You had um, Rapana and George Williams running side by side, Sarah, and that's a sign of a good team. When, when your halves and your fullbacks and things like that are backing each other up, it's a, it's a really good positive thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, we see it year on year by Jared Croker constantly putting himself in a position, backing up and scoring tries at most most others will probably just see them see them off. So, yeah, it was um, really great to see that try by Papa, pure desire. Awesome. With that um, rapper thing, he, he was playing, remember, he was playing um, right centre and he popped up on the left to get to that, um, for that um, from, from Chan. So that just shows you the desire that you're talking about. Yeah, that's right. Rapper, rapper always like pushes up in around that rut looking for those carries, particularly coming out of our own end. But um, it's great to see um, when you've got those sort of um, talented players around the ball and always sort of calling for it. It's a wonderful thing. Talking about talent, that third try, Joe Tarpany, wow. In his 100th game, the way that he just um, managed to pick up a ball, nothing was doing. Um, reminded me a little bit of that Jared Hain try against the Dragons uh, back in the 09 final series when he had spiders on him and he stepped through a few people, except we saw it from a middle unit player, which we don't often see. His footwork, 
his ability to beat players. I think he, I think he beat Luke Carey three times uh, and then crashed over. was a, just an, an amazing try and just a, a wonderful individual effort. His ability to shift his weight, very difficult to tackle. Oh, his footwork though, John, it's just so good and he's just in rare touch. Oh, he's been outstanding um, probably since... Um, Probably since like the halfway point of the season, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Since as as he's found his home in the middle, like he played on the edge at the start of the season because um, Bateman was injured, obviously. But once um, Batty's come back, it's actually like Bateman's return's been a huge boost, but just as big of a boost as just happening in the middle. Like mm. he's, like, as you're saying, like his footwork, he's, he's outstanding. I know that you said, remind you of Jared Haynes, right? Like I know this is like crazy talk, but. He could actually do a job in the back line. Like, he's just that, he's that good. Well, he's played back row before, so he's no stranger to defending on an edge. So if you, if you had to put someone out there, it could be him. And that's just the, the, the talented athlete that he is. So well done to, to Joe Tarpany. We always hear about Melbourne um, being the team that celebrates milestones really well, but I think that the Raiders have really started to adapt that as well. And um, the, the way that they got behind him and, and rallied around him to get him that win in his 100th game, Sarah, was pretty special. Yeah, as John said, I think um, all the players um, that are coming through and making those milestones for each other, it's really important that we continue to acknowledge that. And I think for Taps, it was just a cherry on top moment for him um, to get that try. Yeah, the second half um, was a little bit more nerve-wracking after that first flurry of tries from the Raiders. The Roosters did score that try uh, from the Josh Morris kick to James Tedesco just before halftime. That was a little bit concerning. Uh, considering uh, that we'd got out into such, such a handy lead. And when they scored their second try, uh, John, it was probably, um, you know, not not doubt creeping into their minds, but obviously the, the boys had to roll their sleeves up and, and really get back into the grind of a game. Oh, exactly. The momentum was definitely with the Roosters that uh, second half, but we've seen all year our defence has been great and um, we really held on. Chance, absolutely unreal with those um, try-saving tackles. I think both of them were on... Um, and one was on Brett Morris, one was on... Morris Brothers, basically. Yeah, one yeah. on Josh and one on Brett. One, yeah. yeah, exactly. So that was um, abs- absolutely crucial. Um, just Sammy Valame making sure he's got his hand on um, Joey Manu still, because I thought Manu was absolutely dangerous. Like him and Angus Crichton, I thought were really good yeah, for Yeah, they were the best the two for the Roosters, for yeah. sure. So, um, yeah, we really, um, really dug in. Um, the boys dug deep and uh, got the got the W. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's it. The, the the two tries to James Tedesco. Like, it, I say this all the time, but he seems to play his best football against us. And it 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 was a little bit ironic, I suppose, that um, it was a James Tedesco error which led to our final try and and probably Sarah the match winning moment. And um, wasn't it great to see Jack White and get a hand to that ball and and give the Raiders that lead with about eight minutes to go. Yeah, it was amazing. I don't think anyone expected. Um James Tedesco to make such a crucial error. I don't know if we'll see that again from him, but um, yeah, Jack certainly capitalised on that opportunity and yeah, really iced the cake for us. Yep, great to see the halves again combining to do a great job for this team. Um, as we've mentioned all year, they've been fantastic. And uh, Ricky said in the in the post match press conference how impressed he was by them, and uh, this is what he had to say um, about the rise of George Williams. Yeah, well, the start of the year, I was told that it wasn't going to work because I had two running halves. Um, and people think because of the, ch- the rule changes, it's 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 helped us. It's not true. Um, George Williams is not just a running half. He can organise the game. He's been sitting on the ruck and playing on the ruck now for a number of weeks. But um, I was always confident that Jack and George were going to be a wonderful combination. They um, um, use one another well. 
they um, are both wonderful defenders on the edge and I've really enjoyed watching the, the combination grow because it's been a real big backbone of our game. You know, a number of times I've seen both boys load the team on their shoulders and, and say, you know, f follow me. And that, that's what all good halves should do. And that's George and that's Jack. You know, I'm, I wouldn't swap those two for all the halves, any of the halves in the game. Yeah, it's time to put that game behind us. Uh, we'll remember it for a long time, but it won't mean much unless we win against the Storm this weekend. But, you know, once again, wonderful effort against the Roosters and uh, probably one of the greater semi-final games that the club's ever put together. So well done to the guys and can't wait to see what um, this Friday night brings. We're going to mix things up now. We're going to catch up with Taylor Shields and talk some membership as we get into the next segment of Behind the Limelight. Thanks to OAC Digital. All right, it's time to talk all things 2021 membership and joining us on the Behind the Limelight podcast is CFE, which stands for Community Fan Engagement and Membership Manager, Taylor Shields. Great to have you along, Taylor. Hey, Ben. How you doing? How are you going? Yeah, wonderful. Thank you. Uh, 2021 membership, it's hard to believe we're talking about it already. Uh, the season uh, is still yet to wrap up. The Raiders still in the final series, but the membership um, train rolls on and we get ready for another big season of membership. Yes, absolutely. I firstly just want to take the opportunity to thank all of our 2020 members um, for their incredible support this season. Um, it has been an unprecedented and um, disrupted year, um, obviously with COVID, but the support that we've received um, has been in incredible. So at the start of the year, um, we did offer four different types of compensation that members could choose from. Um, the donation to the foundation, um, the 2021 credit rollover um, and uh, the Raider Shop voucher as well as the partial refund for unfulfilled benefits. And incredibly, 99% um, of our members chose to keep money within the club in in one of those those ways yeah it was ex so. it was excellent to see and I, I did we noticed at the time when uh when uh, these sort of uh covid sort of shutdown happened and and all those questions around membership the one thing we saw online particularly in social media and from commentary from our members was the fact that they just wanted to support the club they just wanted to make sure that the club survived and uh you know once again, and we've said it many times throughout the year, thank you so much to everybody that was able to um, to either donate their money or roll it over into next season because, um, you know, it does a wonderful job in keeping the club afloat and keeping the wonderful work that we've established in the membership space going. Um, for me, Taylor, um, it was a really tough time, but responses um, in the community have been very strong, uh, particularly um, from those people that um, decided to, you know, stick by the club. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this year we had a number of home games back um, towards the end of the season um, where we were able to have very small crowds. Um, a lot of them we really only could go out to our members. Um, so we allowed that priority access. Um, we also offered a 50% um, dis ticket discount rate. So we, we really want to be able to give back to our members wherever possible we can in such a difficult time. Yeah, definitely. It's great seeing the crowds build towards the end of the season as well. Uh, it's been a pretty challenging year, not just for the club, but for our members as well. Uh, but what does uh, 2021 membership uh, look like? Yeah, so um, we are um, very excited to announce that we will be offering um, a price freeze on all membership um, prices from 2020 to 2021. Um, so we, it's just a, a goodwill gesture. We want to say thank you to those um, that, that stood by us and supported us so we won't be increasing prices um, from 2020 to 2021. 
Um, however, I do strongly encourage, um, if you aren't already a member, we do, fingers crossed, hope that um, capacities will uh, get back to normal for next year. But if they don't, um, we will be uh, prioritising our members. Um, and so it could really be um, the only option to get to a game in 2021. So we encourage you to, to sign up. Now, just like Christmas Day, um, I love it when uh, you show us what's inside the membership pack every year, and this year is no different. Uh, and you've brought a few little special items in with you today. Uh, we're calling them Taylor's Picks, your favourite items uh, with, from out the, the various membership packages this year. Give us a little bit of an insight into what we've got. Yeah, it was very hard to pick my favourites, but I'll start with the, the baby toddler pack. I absolutely love our bowl, plate and spoon set. It's it's so cute. Um, every, every little toddler will absolutely go crazy um, for, for these items. Um, so you can get these for as low as $50. Um, it'll be a, a great gift for, for a little one. Um, in uh, Moving on to our Junior Green Brigade um, membership, uh, the, the little ones this year will be getting um, a USB. It's um, in the shape um, of a Raiders jersey and Raiders shorts. Um, it's actually our um, next season jersey, which is re really exciting. So they can use that at school or at, at home. Um, and again, one of my personal favourites is the little um, playing card pack. So we've got uh, Raiders branded playing cards, um, which not only the kids would love to use, I'm sure the, the adults will, will steal those featuring as well. The, featuring the King of Hearts, Josh Papali. 100%. I wouldn't mind like so can think like um, adults get the cards and the USB because there's so many times where I need a USB and I can never find one anywhere. You're just going to have to buy a, a junior pack as well. I've got the height for it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to my kids fighting over the Raiders bowl and spoon set already. So, yes. no, it's excellent. And the towel, something a little bit different this year. And I love the fact that you... You, um, you guys, you know, always thinking about new um, ideas for the pack because, um, you know, if you get a scarf every year, you can't wear it. If you, you don't want to have the same item every year. So to have something a little bit different this year, it's good. Yeah, absolutely. We like to keep it fresh and interesting. Um, personally love the towel. that It can be used as a gym towel, um, tea towel, Hand towel, you know, we can... Fried shrimp, boiled shrimp, <laughs> shrimp and potatoes. No, I loved it when I went to an NFL game and I saw them um, swinging the towels around their head yeah. and that was just... Um, I thought that was pretty cool in a stadium full of people to see. They, they called them rally towels yeah. or something like that. I think it that was pretty cool. So, And as, as we know, John, uh, in the back end of a Raiders game, five minutes to go, sweat pouring from your brow. There's nothing more handy than a towel probably. Yeah, I needed it. I definitely needed it on Friday night. Like I was, I was stressing big time. <laughs> I, I had faith, boys. I had faith, but... It's stressful. <laughs> yeah, the packs are always one of my favourite things. And uh, Taylor, you've got some uh, competitions and, and uh, surprise and delight um, incentives coming up over the next few weeks, which is going to you know, make sure that people um, could win some prizes and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll first um, be uh, rewarding some of our loyal members. Just again, thank you so much for your support. So we're picking uh, randomly 17 lucky members um, who will each receive a fully signed team jersey from the, the entire team and coach um, and we'll be sending that out to you. So uh, stay tuned. Um, hopefully you're a lucky pick. Um, so we'll be doing that first and then we're going to also be doing over the next couple of weeks a refer, refer a friend campaign. So if you're a 2020 member rolling over into 2021 and you um, get a mate on board to come along to the games with you, um, you can actually go into the draw to win a premium corporate experience at a home game next year. So 
Easy as that. So do they need to refer them by a certain time or anything like that? Or are there more details coming? Yeah, absolutely, John. So keep an eye on our website, raiders.com.au forward slash membership for all the information uh, coming out in regards to how you can join the competition. Um, So stay tuned. Yep, looking forward to it, Taylor. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, Good luck with the on-sale this week and uh, let's hope that we can uh, break our membership record uh, in 2021 and, and push past, uh, I think it was like 21,000 or something around that mark. Uh, so it uh, be great to get up there and, and get a new record once again. I agree. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, John. Thanks, Taylor. And I can't wait to see those memberships roll out in a few weeks' time. Time now to preview the preliminary final, the Raiders up against the Melbourne Storm, Suncorp Stadium on Friday night. There's nothing bigger than a prelim final. This will be the third prelim for the club in five years, which uh, for itself is a massive achievement. I think the Storm have made something like six prelims in a row or something like that, so they've had a fairly big run at the top two. John, uh, it doesn't get any bigger than this. No, it doesn't get much bigger than playing Melbourne Storm in a big game. They're a big game team. They always turn up for these occasions. Um, we've had a fair share of luck against um, Melbourne. I wouldn't say luck, but we've had a good share of results against Melbourne over the last uh, few years. doesn't count for anything going into this, obviously. It's a, it's a new game, but uh, I think we can go into the game with, with confidence, um, and I know they certainly won't be going into the game with any complacency. Yeah, three out of the four of the last times that we played the Storm, we've managed to get the win. One was that uh, semi-final, uh, first week of the semi-finals last year down there in Melbourne, Uh, We beat them earlier this year uh, on the resumption of the COVID breaks era uh, and then they got the win against us here at GIO Stadium uh, the night where Josh Hodgson was injured and we had Bailey Simonson in the sin bin. So we've shown this year that we've definitely got it uh, to match them if we play our best football. Yeah, I mean, um, the game, we weren't far off when we sort of sustained those injuries to Josh and Bailey earlier in that game. So, yeah, I'm with John on this one. I think we can go into the game with confidence but no complacency. Yeah, most definitely we need to be at the top of our game like we were against the Roosters, John, because uh, a Melbourne Storm team is a, is one that can pile the points on pretty quickly if you give them um, a lot of possession. Yeah, and we saw that um, as Melbourne took on Parramatta in the first week of finals. So if you give um, Ryan Pappenhausen any space, he's got the speed and the footwork to um, get through nearly any defence. So making sure, um, not giving him a lot of time on those kick returns is definitely going to be key. Uh, also, Munster, he's fit, he's named, he, he's going to be number six. So those two, I thought they were probably the most threatening players when we played them in round three down in Melbourne. Um, they're class players, and I think Ryan Pappenhausen's only added more to his game. So we definitely need to be focusing on getting kicking more to the uh, to the wingers, even though they're great players in their own rights. Yeah, that's right. Um, Cameron Smith um, is obviously the... The linchpin of the Storm side is just ability to get them around the park and get them in the key positions on the field to allow the likes of Pappenhausen and Munster to do their thing, Sarah. But um, I think I've said this for the last month, but this game will be won once again in the middle part of the field and both teams have very big and very experienced forward packs. They do, and I think um, the the strength of Cameron Smith is in his ability to manage the game um, and take those small opportunities um, throughout to kind of forge his team forward um, to the naked eye it's probably not as obvious as what it seems but um, hopefully we'll be able to catch him out a few times and yeah get the, the up on him 
I saw that uh, Dale Finucane's been named on an extended bench too, John. Uh, he's been battling that calf injury for about six or seven weeks. Um, that uh, you know, If he does come into the team, you probably would think that it would be at the expense of a Tom Eisenhuth uh, on that bench. And um, you know, they'd probably look to get 20 minutes out of Dale or 25 minutes at some stage. I think if Dale Finucane plays, he's going to be fit enough to play more than 20 minutes because... When, once you're in that side, anything can happen on the field and you might need a player who you're only expecting to play 20 minutes. They may need to play 60. So I don't think they'll name him unless he's fit, but I do think he's going to play. And I think it'll be um, maybe even someone like Nico Hines um, drop out because Eisenhuth can drop into the centres as well. So they've got that bit of versatility um, with kind of like Eisenhuth, he, doesn't, he can play a number of positions, almost like Levy does for our team. Completely different players, but... Um, he gives them a middle with that versatility. Yeah, I know that Cameron Munster's um, been passed as fully fit, but um, you know, if, if something was to happen to his knee during the game, the way that he's um, you know had those issues all season, then they probably need someone on the bench who can cover um, maybe halves as well. I'm not sure, but yeah, true. Um, mm. you know, at the, at the same time, they, they're a very experienced team and they've been able to play under adversity before, so. Um, no doubt they'll be at their best um, against us and we'll need to be at our best. Let's have a look at our team. Uh, last week, Ricky Stewart made a couple of late changes, Sarah, to the starting team. Hudson Young uh, played 60-odd minutes um, straight to start that game last weekend and, and was fantastic. He's back onto the bench this week, but um, he's proven that he can do a job at a high level. Yeah, uh, Hudson's been really good for us this year and I think he's really... Um, hit some really good form over the last few years, uh, last few weeks, sorry. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he he goes in that position. And then, as Johnny kind of alluded to before, with Saliva and his um, his ability to come on and off the bench as required. So he's played quite a few minutes for us this year as well. Yeah, Lever did start the game on Friday night against the Roosters, uh, and Ricky's named Tom Starling to start there this week. And uh, John. Tell us a little bit about this meeting that happens every week amongst the forwards and uh, and and what that what comes of that. Yeah, so Ricky might name the side, but he, I don't think he has much of a say in terms of who's actually going to start. So the, a lot of the players will talk between themselves and think what's best for the team, and um, they'll often um, decide who who starts between themselves. So there's been a couple of times uh, early in the year where um, Josh Papali has said, "Oh, look, I think I'm going to have a better impact in this game if I come off the bench." Don't th- I think he started against Melbourne um, in round 10. I think he decided that he was um, best starting for that one. But the follow- the game after that, the Roosters in, in round, um, round 11, he actually came off the bench. So who knows? I don't know what's going to happen and who's going to start. I have a feeling there's going to be a little bit of a, um, a, little bit of a switch up from, from the 17, but that's purely on gut instinct. Yeah, I, it's a, could you just imagine the forwards all sitting around a table together having their meeting, you know, their little cup, little lattes <laughs> or something like that, you know, with, their, with their notepads. Yeah, I could, it's, a, it's a weird image picturing a group of forwards <laughs> all sitting around having a meeting. But They might do um, it to keep um, the Melbourne Storm guessing a little bit too and yeah, sort of leave it Oh, I think so. Minute. And I think the fact that the, the team has um, chopped and changed a little bit in the starting team a fair bit this year will exactly have that element. So um, Ricky and the boys um, certainly know what they're doing and, uh, you know, who knows what will happen in that forward pack. One thing that could possibly happen, although it's probably an outside chance, is that Ryan Sutton was named on an extended bench. Uh, he trained uh, earlier this week, did a fair bit of the session with the boys and um, he's probably not in the frame um, this week, but, you know, if required, if we got through next week, he'd, he'd be very close, John, and great reward for him for the effort he's put in to get himself in a position after what looked like it might be the end of his season. 
when he said that he was going to do everything in his power to get back for the grand final, I was like, oh, that's a good mindset to have. It's not going to happen. And it looks, he's been named in the 21 a week early. And all that, that means he's in an injury that's supposed to be six weeks. He's in the 21 after three weeks, which is absolutely incredible. It shows you how much hard work he's put in and how determined he is, especially after missing out on the final series last year due to form and um, form, his form and then also the form of the players around him. He's been outstanding this year. I'm really happy to see him in that 21. And... Um, Hopefully he puts himself in a situation where he can get a shot if uh, Ricky decides that's what um, that's what's best for the team. Yeah, it'll all come down to what happens on uh, with this weekend and if we can get through this game, and I'm sure that that's what their focus will be. But to have a guy like Ryan waiting in the wings, if we if he is required at some stage during a final series, uh, particularly a big game, um, it's it's a great headache for Ricky Stewart to have. And uh, and just back on Hudson and and Saliva, um, great to see those guys. Uh, in this team at this time of the year because um, they're two guys, Sarah, that missed out uh, on this opportunity to, to play in those big games last year. Hudson, obviously, the, the disciplinary thing, but um, Saliva missed out when they chose to take um, Bailey Simonson on the bench last year. So great reward for guys for consistently turning up and putting in an effort at training. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine and believe that they those two weren't in the team last year, but um, even with Ryan Sutton just hearing around the traps here, he's pushing hard for a spot and... There's, um, there's a few people like that in that same situation. So, um, you know, Ricky obviously sees a lot in, in him um, getting the Coaches Award this year as well. So that's a really positive sign for him. And he's obviously put in a lot of hard work um, to get back and to be prepared and ready if he gets the call up. Outside of that middle unit, guys, um, we've talked about the Storm, um, Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes in the halves. And we, we know what Jack White and, uh, and uh, also George Williams bring. Uh, the outside backs, Jordan Rappiner, uh, I think he's getting better at centre every week, John, and uh, and obviously the consistency of Jared Croker and uh, the, just the raw enthusiasm of uh, Sammy Valame is, is something pretty exciting. Yeah, Sammy's progression has been outstanding. Some of his carries against the Roosters were outstanding. Um, Jared, I thought he had a pretty good game. He said in the um, media this week he was really unhappy with how he played, so... Defensively, I thought he was huge. Yeah. We um, we sat um, at the at the SCG. The media boxes actually end on to the game, so yeah. you get that totally different view of where you'd usually sit. Because, God, for the last you know fifteen years, I watched the game from um, you know the middle of the field where you see um, where most people would you know rather prefer to sit. But actually, having that perspective that that in end on showed you. Uh, really, a really good picture of defensively how the two teams work, and there was a few times there where Jared Croker made you know crucial one-on-one tackles um, against Joseph Manu in particular, which um, which really snuffed out uh, you know the opportunity for the Roosters to, to go on and score a try. So his defence is um, is something that you know has really come a long way over the course of his career, and uh, I just can't wait to see him um, out there this weekend, Sarah, because he, he gives us that. Um, cool head under pressure. Yeah, the um, the outside backs were really great for us on the weekend. Um, sorry, on Friday night. So I think Jack mentioned it during the week, just how important they were to the whole thing. So yeah, we'll see how they aim up against the Storm this weekend. That's right. No Bailey Simonson, no Curtis Scott um, out there for the team uh, this season with injury. So uh, to see those guys, um, you know, coming in and doing a great job, and you've still got the likes of uh, Matt Tomoko, Harley Smith, Shields. Michael Oldfield, you know, all still there um, with the, uh, ready to go if required. So, um, you know, it's, it's wonderful to see um, plenty of guys pushing their name in the frame uh, at the business end of the season.
All right, prediction time. How did we go last week? I think. Uh, do I get? Do I get like three quarters of a point? Because I was right with. Tw- I said um, we we're going to lead from uh, the 20th minute all the way through, which we did. We did that. I said Chance is going to get a try. He didn't, but he was pretty good. So yeah, no I'll, I'll get a, I'll get the no points. B Pollock. Um, yeah, I don't think I had anything last week either. So <laughs> and, and and Tommy, we've forgotten about him. He's out of the he's out of the, he's in the bubble and out of the podcast. So his predictions <laughs> mean nothing. Sarah, what have you got for us this week? Preliminary final. Give me some gold. Can I can I pick anything? You can pick anything. Give me something. Who's going to score? You know, someone going to do something special in the game. This I'll was part go, of your preparation to have this ready. Yeah, I'll go. Um, <laughs> I'll go Jordan Rapana to score the first try. Okay, Jordan Rapana to score the first try, Johnny. All right. So I've been been doing a bit of video analysis, and I noticed when we played uh, Melbourne at GIO or at the GIO, um, all our tries were coming down the left. When Para were playing Melbourne, they just did a couple of like little chip kicks just towards the far post. I think George Williams is going to put in one of those kicks. Jared Kroger, the best kick chaser in the game, is going to catch it over the top of Jerome Hughes and score. Very specific. Very specific. But I think it's going to happen. Okay. I'm going to go for something a little bit less specific. Uh, same player in terms of George Williams, but I just think um, you know, we've seen what his running game can do, and it's been a while since he's been able to um, you know, poke his nose through on one of those little jinking runs where he dummies in, inside. So I think maybe something like a, a, a shape inside to John Bateman, but then go himself and score the try. So that's my prediction. That's this not week specific then. at all. It's, he's going <laughs> to score. Put it that way. That's my that's my decision this week. Okay, we're going to catch up soon with Semi Valamate. Can't wait to have uh, a chat to him and learn more about uh, one of the bright talents in this Green Machine squad. Stick around. You're listening to Behind the Limelight. Thanks to OAC Digital. Well, joining us on the Behind the Limelight podcast for the first time is Raiders winger Semi Valame. Semi, how you going, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you? Fantastic. Uh, what a season it's been for you. Um, so much has happened. Um, you've made your debut. You've played um, a handful of NRL games. And now you're uh, getting ready to go into preliminary final. You must just sit back and pinch yourself about what a season it's been. Oh, yeah, mate. I, I really enjoy it like, at the moment. Um being around with the big boys, uh, learning something new every weekend uh, and getting better every week. Um, yeah, it's good. Mate, I, I totally agree when you say, you know, in terms of getting better every week, your game just seems to be growing in confidence. Do you feel um, a little bit more comfortable out there now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, really confident. Uh, I know. Um, especially um, beside um, Crocker. Like he's an experienced player, so it's good to be uh, beside him, uh, working together. What's it been like um, working with someone like Jared and, and all the other sort of more experienced players? Have they really um, helped you along your way and, and taught you plenty of things? Yeah, it does help more. The clock and stuff, he talked to me about it. He told me what to do. Um, never let me down. And then, yeah. Just keep going every time. On terms of your football itself, um, like I said, you've seen to grow into the role and um, that confidence level is, is definitely going up every week and you've been able to score a few tries and um, there's no doubt uh, for a winger that's the one thing that you probably enjoy the most out there on the field. Yeah, I like scoring tries. Um, it's the best part in the, in the game, celebrating tries and stuff. So, yeah, it was good. Look forward to more. <laughs> 
Mate, you come to Canberra um, from a small village in Fiji. Give us a little bit of a rundown on exactly where you're from, how many people live there, and what village life's like. Um, in my village, like, there's, there's a lot, like, not a lot, but only 12 houses in there. So, yeah, not much people in there. But, like, in the island, there's a lot. Like, there's hometown in there. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of villages. Um, yeah, but from there, like, it's, it's a big difference from the village and being around here in the city. Obviously, for yourself, um, the journey um, has been quite immense and we've, we've read a little bit about how you managed to find your way um, over to Australia and playing rugby league. But um, how did you get into rugby league to start with? What was it that, that made you start playing the game uh, first up? Oh, yeah, it started when, um, when the guy called me over from Fiji. And then, yeah, I don't know what the game's like. So just, just, um, yeah, just play the game and enjoy it. And then start from there. Did you, what, what age were you when you started to play rugby league? I think when I was 17, my first game was in um, Southern Coast, the Columbus Sox. So, yeah, get a start from there. It's pretty crazy to think that, um, you, you know, not only did you start playing at such a late age because, you know, most kids in Australia start that, that make it to the NRL have started at a pretty young age and you seem to have taken to it um, fairly well pretty in a pretty small period. Do you think that going forward, um, you know, your improvement can only get better and better based on the fact that you've, you're still really learning the game? Yeah, I'm still learning now. Um, yeah, most of the thing, still learning the the code and stuff, um, the position, uh, basically uh, still learning from the, from Mac and Crocs and other experienced guys. So yeah, I'm still learning. Saw some incredible pictures uh, a few weeks ago on your social media of um, people from back home uh, watching your game around a mobile phone because the reception uh, in the village was so bad that they had to go up into the mountain to watch the game. Um, that must give you, you know, a really good feeling inside to know that everybody's, you know, following your journey back home. Yeah, yeah like most of the time like, when I was, when I'm in the, in the field, like I thought of that like most of the time, like when um, um, if it, in the village or in the mountain, like watching the game from there. So yeah, it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard in there, like watching the game and stuff. So, yeah. They obviously must be very proud and very excited for you. And uh, heading into this weekend's game uh, against the the Melbourne Storm, you you come up um, against a very experienced team. And, and one guy in that side is um, Celesi Vunivalu, who's obviously um, a very experienced player uh, from Fiji. What's it going to be like? Uh, playing against a guy like that this weekend? I don't know. I just focus on myself now. Um, just do what I can do. Um, yeah, just defending myself, not to um, get him over the trial line. That's it. Just focus on myself. And and what about uh, Ricky Stewart? Uh, what's his message been to you over the last few weeks? Obviously, um, he's just been working with you to keep your game uh, pretty simple and, and most importantly, probably enjoy yourself as well. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, um, he came to me like after every game. He just, yeah, just told me think really good. Just keep doing what you're doing. Um, 
yeah, and then keep improving every game. Just go from there. What about um, in terms of the other uh, story that we found out recently that you're a, you're a, a new dad um, and you've got this beautiful young daughter back there in Fiji that you haven't had the chance to meet yet. I mean, you must just be absolutely, you know, itching to get over there and see her. Yeah, I'm really excited now um, to get out to Fiji and meet my daughter. Um, yeah, for the first time. So it's going to be good. Looking forward to it. Be nice to go over there and um, be able to give her perhaps a, a premiership ring too. That'd be a nice little touch to give her for a bit of a a, a present for the first time that you ever see her. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you get the one. Um, well, get through peace we can, and then yeah. Well, mate, keep doing what you're doing. We're absolutely loving watching you grow into a rugby league um, player. You're doing a fantastic job uh, on the wing for the Green Machine and we wish you nothing but the best of luck against the Melbourne Storm on Friday night. Thanks, Ben. No worries. There he is, Semi Valame, young Raiders flyer and big future in the game. Can't wait to see him out there against the Storm on Friday night. That's it for the Behind the Limelight podcast. We will see you next week.